All right, and welcome back. We are officially on episode 23. We are young adults now. Big <laughs> news, big news. I am joined by Kyle and Derek the Boz Bosworth. Boys, how are you doing today? Doing awesome, man. I'm living the dream. No complaints at all, right? I'm a little upset, but we'll, we'll get to that right now. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, you know what? Is it a dream or a computer simulation? I guess we'll never really know. Um, so let's just get right into it. Obviously, we are talking tight ends today. We're hitting every single offensive position as we go. But before we get into tight ends, we got a couple things you got to cover. First thing first, and big IDP news JJ Watt has signed a two year agreement to go to the Arizona Cardinals. Kyle is our IDP guy. Why don't you uh, give us your take on this? Yeah, I did a quick fit on it, but um. I mean, overall, I like the signing because I, I guess Chandler Jones and him get to pair up. Personally, I don't think Arizona is going to win a Super Bowl in the next two years at minimum. I mean, maybe not even in the next five. Not Nothing against Kyler. I just – I don't see it with that current roster. So, I just – if J.J. wanted a ring, I think he didn't pick the right home. Uh, and that's my only really big drawback from this. I do like what it does to that defense. I think it's a big win. And now you got a bunch of hard hitters on that defense with Buda Baker in the secondary, a good upfront seven. And, you know, who knows? Maybe it's, it's gives them a boost. I just, I don't think Arizona is uh, ready to, you know, contend for a Super Bowl. I think they're playoff bound, but Super Bowl is different. Yeah. Um, that D line now is very scary. They're really good. And, um, if there was a time for Arizona to win a Super Bowl, it would be right now is my opinion because they have a lot of aging positions. Um, obviously, their D-line is really old. De- DeAndre Hopkins is exiting his prime. And um, who else is it? They've, their backfield is really old with Kenyon Drake, who's I don't even think he has another year left. I think he's done. Yeah, you know, it's it's in four years ago. I would have said this is the best news in Arizona Cardinals history four years ago. We're in 2021, though. This just isn't it. it it's a weird move because it essentially says to Hassan Reddick, who had a fantastic season, hey, you're gone. We're not bringing you back. And mm-hmm. they probably spent more money signing J.J. Watt to that two-year deal than they would have locked up Hassan Reddick into a four-year deal. It, it, to me, it doesn't make much sense. Hassan Reddick is only 26. He had 10 and a half sacks. He looks to continue progr- growth. Maybe not 10 sacks, but I could easily see him putting up eight at minimum. J.J. Watt can't even stay on the field anymore. And it, there are so many other issues that money could have gone to. Like, I felt like Aaron Jones was a great target for the Cardinals to go after this offseason. And now they're stuck with Chase Edmonds. I, there's no way they re-sign Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake has publicly said that he doesn't even know if he loves football anymore. It, so now it's Chase Edmonds. You don't have a choice. You can't make any improvements to that offensive line, which honestly got Kyler murdered in his first two seasons. I just don't get it. I don't get what the what the the logic of it was. It just seems like blasphemy. Blasphemy. Yeah. Well, it doesn't help either. Like, I mean, Arizona has to go cornerback round one. I don't think they have any choice in the freaking world. Uh, I think everybody knows that because Patrick Peterson is buns, like just garbage at this point, And the rest of that secondary is trash and they need to help Buda Baker out. So maybe that's why they went for JJ because they knew they have to go secondary this first round. But again, I think the money could have been spent in different places. This is the strongest division in the league, in the NFC West, I would say. Arguably is one of, if not the strongest division in football. Russell Wilson's leaving. All these oh, fucking lines in that division. Right. There's no way he's going to stay now. All it's right, too well, many. I guess we should get on to it. So it's obviously, we're on uh, Russell Wilson Watch 2K21. Russ Watch, for short. Uh, reports come out today, this week. He's just unhappy. He doesn't want to be there anymore. He hasn't demanded a trade yet, but the fact that the week before he put out a list of teams, he would accept the trade to, and now he's verbally saying, I don't like what's going on here. I think the writings on the wall is a sad Seahawks fan. I think the best I can hope for is we get a young QB in the process, maybe Tua. That would make me really happy. 
but I don't see in any which way, shape, or form if Russell Wilson gets traded, we don't go through a major rebuild. I honestly think Russell Wilson is bluffing still. I really think he's not going to get moved. That's that's all I got to say. I just it, it, There's no way. The NFL now is built where it's like, once you say, I'm unhappy, that's the nail in the coffin. And it's not just the NFL anymore. It's the NBA. It's the NHL. I have no idea what the hell goes on in soccer, but I assume it's the same thing. Yeah, my one fear is I don't want the the NFL to become the NBA where people just dip on teams and form. Dude, did you just see the news? Speaking of NBA, Blake Griffin's to the Nets. Like, I know we're all football, but what the hell is that team at this point? Like, that's it, ridiculous. It is insane. <laughs> it literally took two of the best players the LA Clippers have ever had. Then we're like, okay, we'll also take Kyrie Irving and James Harden. They basically said, fuck a bench and are just like running with it. Basketball news, insane. It's a deadly, that's a deadly team. If they don't win this year, they're stupid. They're goddamn yeah. stupid. No, for sure, for sure. I don't want to get too sidetracked, but it's just funny you mentioned the Wilson stuff because it just feels like that's what the league's becoming, right? Like Brady goes to new home, everybody goes and joins him, uh, and he all of a sudden it's, wins it's another all ring. About, it's all about super teams now. That's the big thing in sports is super teams. Because guys want to be known as a part of a super team. I think okay. it, all, it it started with Jordan and the Bulls in the 80s, and then it got to the Cowboys in the 90s, and look where we are now. Well, I have a question then, Boz. You mentioned how Arizona could win a Super Bowl. Would you really consider them a super team looking at the rest of the league right now? That's what I'm the, saying. Definitely not. And I, I'm just saying that a lot of their positions are exiting their prime. I know yeah. they have Kyler, Kyler Murray and uh, Isaiah Simmons who are like good pieces to build around for a long time, but they also the rest, basically the rest of their team is all win now. Look, the smart move would have been re-signing Hassan Reddick. I think we can all agree on that. Well, yeah, especially and uh, just giving Isaiah an actual position this season would be nice, as opposed <laughs> to fucking moving him around like a like he's a like he's a sex Peppers. doll or something. Like oh, Jesus, just just put him at linebacker. He can't play safety. He's a freaking way too big. Like just he, and call it a day. Needs, he needs to put on more muscle. That's just at the end of the day what it is. He needs to get bigger. But we're getting sidetracked. We're getting way <laughs> too sidetracked. So we're gonna jump into it. We're talking tight ends. We love right now. These are tight ends you gotta go after. A lot of these guys are young. I'm going to start us off with a young one, Cole Komet. He started off extremely slow, but by the end of the season, he had taken over from Jimmy Graham and was running away with it. With how the cap is looking this year and how much smaller it is getting and how many more teams are finding themselves up against the cap room and with the Bears really wanting to go after Russell Wilson, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Cole Komet is going to be baller. He was baller in college. He was baller when he got drafted in the second round. And he's going to be baller next year and years to come. And potentially, Allen Robinson gets moved. So Cole Komet will be one of their top two receiving options there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Cole he, Komet is a big buy right now. He has he, a low price tag. He could have like a TJ Hawkinson type bounce back year. Well, yeah, and it helps, too, that uh, from everything I can tell, the Bears seem really committed to moving on from Mitch Trubisky. And it looks like they're 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 Yeah, but there there was part of me when he kind of played well against, you know, the below half of the league at the end of the year. That was like, oh, God, here here comes the Bears pulling a Blake Bortles, right? Resigning him because he had some garbage time touchdowns. And I mean, I'm still surprised they haven't uh, moved on from the Nagy experiment because I think that's a joke, too. And I think if and they really have to do a full clear house at some point. But I, I think if they could pick up Wilson, obviously, that's a big steal. I know they really wanted Wentz and they lost out on that. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I think that worked out well for Wentz, obviously, because, God, I would not want to go to Chicago. It, it's going to have to take a special quarterback to fix that team, man. It's not going to be any free agent or quarterback that's on the trade block right now. They don't have the assets. It's going to have to be a trade up in the draft and try to grab one of the big guys or reach and take Mac Jones or Kyle Trask. It's the only thing they really have. Or there's the kid out of Texas A&M who's been 
for uh, did you guys see that yeah Kellen Mond yeah what the hell he got ranked over who was it it was Trey Lance and I think Justin Fields or Mac Jones it was Mac Jones and Trey Lance he got ranked over them what the that's hell? blasphemy wait who He's... ranked him over them oh um it was one of the FS1 guys oh, yeah geez. I forget I forget his name um but anyway, I have him over Kyle Trask, but that's because I have Kyle Trask in the at the bottom. <laughs> you freaking but, um, hate Kyle Trask. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, recently, recently I've gotten a lot higher on uh, Mac Jones. He's legit. I like Mac Jones a lot. Everybody's coming out and saying I love him, and then yep. Tua comes out and goes, "The kid's gonna be special." He like it's it's well it's, yeah and Devonte Smith said he's better than Tua that was and another so did Jalen Waddle so did Jalen Waddle yeah it's so insane. I mean I don't know if that's like them just being a bunch of slime balls and like because that seems like a slimy move personally and like I'm sorry do do they not remember what Tua is like in college like am I like high like was he not one of the best college players ever like he had a crazy statistics right I mean. I, I, I completely understand. I like Mac Jones too. I think trading up though is a risky move uh, for Chicago. They already did that once and they picked the wrong quarterback. I say just be patient, let the board fall to them and take whoever's the top available quarterback when it happens and maybe sign a vet. And do, to, they, uh, well, do they have a first round pick this year? Uh, they should, yeah. Was last year the last year they didn't have one from the Khalil Mack trade? Oh, I didn't even think about that. I think they should be okay, but I, I guess we can double check right now. But you know, anyways, I think we're getting sidetracked. The, the thing is, <laughs> the thing is, is doesn't matter who the QB is. Cole Komet is coming. He will be here. He is. Call him Thanos because he is inevitable. Book it, Boz. Who you got next? Oh, hold on! Uh, before we move on, they have the thirteenth pick, dude. That's really okay, not that bad. Okay. That's, so that's yeah. Mac Jones. Yeah. I I remember early early on people were projecting um Trey Lance there. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad landing spot. Now, go bus. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna be talking about Noah Fant, and each year there are just two or three tight ends that I leave every single draft with. And if you listen to me last year, then you'd have Darren Waller at a much better price than what you can get him for right now. Um, yeah, I'm willing to pay up for Kelsey and Kittle. I I was last year. That's that's inevitable. If you're in the position to pick one of them, you should do it. Outside of Kelsey, Kittle, and Waller, there's just one tight end that I'm willing to pick somewhat high, and it's Noah Fant. He truly has the potential to enter the conversation with those top three. I think he's the only one who has the potential for that. Um, really? When talking- oh, sorry, I got to interrupt for a second. You're saying Noah Font over TJ Hawkinson. For sure. This And this is why. So when you're talking fantasy football – you want a tight end to mirror the play of wide receiver as closely as possible. You look at Travis Kelsey, and that's what he what he is. No offense, a four five guy. He's got the four five forty time, and he's the only tight end, in my opinion, that has potential to hog targets and be like a reception magnet in the way that Kelsey and Waller do. See, I gotta disagree with you on this. I think Hawk. I'm not talking about Hawk today. But I think Hawk has better potential value than Fant because of a bunch of reasons. One is Stafford's no longer there. Stafford had a cannon of an arm. Jared Goff has a good arm, but nothing similar to what he had. You're now going to see more checkdowns. Who always gets checkdowns? As we see with Baltimore, tight ends. Also, there's we don't know who's going to be playing wide receiver for that team outside of uh, Cephas and Terrell Williams as of this week. So those red zone numbers that he was putting up, which were high for a tight end, could potentially go even higher if Galladay becomes a cap casualty or if both him and Marvin Jones become a cap casualty. I like Fant, but what scares me about Fant is if he can't stay healthy this season again and Albert O. Ken, he will lose his job. I do not see him losing his job. I think when they picked Alberto, they, I really don't know why they picked him. They were just adding a weapon. They really just, that draft, they just focused on adding weapons for Drew Locke in hopes mm-hmm. that Drew Locke would be something. But when you look at the quarterbacks that No Fant has worked with, it's been Joe Flacco, Drew Locke, and Brandon Allen. 
And he's he's had impressive production with them. He had 40 receptions as, as a rookie and 60 as a sophomore. And I just see that continuing and continuing to increase. I think he's, he's my dynasty tight end four for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm on I'm on the same aisle as Derek. I love Fant. I, I talked him up so much last year. Like he better fucking pan out because uh I I have way too many shares, right? More than anything else. And I do see what you're saying, Luke, in the sense that yeah, okay, Hutchinson has a nice situation, but what Derek is saying, when I watch Fant play, I just see a wide receiver at the tight end position, and he's got the body and size of a tight end, but the speed of a wide receiver and the hands of a wide receiver. He's a freaking impressive impressive uh catcher man like he's got really good mitts uh i think my only fear obviously is with drew lock and you know that whole situation but reports are denver is going to bring in another quarterback so hopefully that is the case and i think i think the sky's the limit with him and he's pretty cheap right now because he was injured last year yeah i don't like i like fans i just can't i can't put him as my tight end four when you have guys like Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson who are just like staying healthy in better situations and don't have a young backup breathing down their neck. But like, that doesn't mean that he could create a chip on Fant's shoulder. I think Fant actually has more raw talent than Hawk does, but Hawk is just in a better situation. He put up like, Gronk-like TD numbers just because there was no real red zone threat this year. And if that's a sign of things to come, if they don't add real wide receiver weapons, it's only going to get better for Hawk. Okay, Kyle, now you can go. Hee <laughs> <laughs> yeah you just wanted the last point you couldn't handle it right <laughs> yeah yeah some yeah i i don't know i get well, my time of the month yeah there's <laughs> been some good tight end news this week for you dynasty owners uh you know there's a bunch of us but us Irv smith believers who have been holding on to this fucker for three seasons are finally looks like we're going to be rewarded and so i want to talk about Irv smith man like i've personally lover of smith i've been hoarding him in tons of leagues man now entering year three looks like his time and like people tend to forget that irv's still like 22 years old man it's pretty crazy how young he was when he came into the league and even with splitting targets with um you know rudolph last year as well as only starting seven games he still cracked 360 yards and five touchdowns um which is a, that's just a great sign i could see him easily doubling his production this season I don't think without a doubt that's out of the realm of possibility, uh, especially the fact that I think Thielen's going to be on the decline just to talk about what I did last week's episode and then put that in combination with no real other viable targets on the team outside Justin Jefferson. I just think the situation is too good for Irv. Yeah, um, so I am actually impressed with Irv as well. And I would say that the Vikings would take another tight end in this draft because I do believe that they want two tight ends that are solid. But their defense is just atrocious, so mm -hmm. <laughs> they have to address that in the first like four rounds. So it's not going to be a tight end that's going to be any threat to Irv if they do take one. It's, I, when I look at Irv, I think he has, and just wait for me to finish before you say anything, he has Eric Ebron levels of potential, but I believe he can man maintain it longer than what Ebron was able to do it for. Okay. I think Irv runs vertically very, very well, just as well as Ebron does. I think he's a good red zone threat, but and it showed towards the end of the season for Minnesota. But what I think he'll be more consistent is he just looks more athletic than Ebron on the field. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's in my opinion, the big key with Irv. That dude is an athletic freak, man. Just get the ball into his hands, and he's going to make plays. I think he has serious potential to have a massive year this year, and especially because, as Boss said, Minnesota has to go all in on defense this draft. They don't have a mm -hmm. choice, right? They have to find their identity again, and I think their offense is passable enough if they've just, since they've decided to stick with Kirk, right? If they wanted to get another quarterback, then maybe, but if they want to stick with Kirk, then and they have Dalvin. They have, you know, a solid wide receiver one in Justin Jefferson. They potentially have a tight end of the future in Irv Smith. I, they have to go all in on that defense. So I don't see them taking a tight end either. 
So I have a question for you guys. So it seems like, Kyle, you've been buying Irv for a couple of years now, but right now, now that his price is of a starting tight end, would you mm. buy him now at his price? Uh, if it was anything more than a late first, early second, no. And even I'd be hesitant to give up that. Yeah, I see that's the thing like i put him on this list because i have like 15 shares already like you know what i mean like so like it's it's not like i have to go up and pick him up i do i do get what you're saying i don't think i would pick him up for his price if i could still get him for a second i'd probably do it but just because i don't trust uh minnesota really at the end of the day uh i don't think i'm paying up first for him especially in this draft class yeah yeah i think uh, I would pay 203 or less because I think there's a teardrop yeah. after 202. That sounds about right to me. 203 or less, that sounds like something I'd swing. Yeah, and you know what? I, before I get into my next tight end, I just got to say, it feels really nice to throw out a couple hot takes and not be completely blasted for it. Yeah, they're so, not all bad today, you know? Well, okay, it, this one is where I might get some thought okay. from you guys. So, look... I like Zach Ertz, and let me tell you why. He is gone. He is not staying in Philly. It is a, it is understood. It's addressed. He is gone. Why I like Ertz, though, is throughout the last 20 years, you see a lot of tight ends in their early 30s leave their teams and go on to have success in their early to mid-30s with another team. We saw it with Greg Olson. We saw it with Martellus Bennett. We've even kind of seen him with Gronk in, in the Bucks. It's possible for a tight end to go to another team in his 30s and still put up really good numbers. Last season, it wasn't great for Ertz. He only played in 11 games, and he only had 36 receptions for 335 yards and a tutty while competing with another tight end. I think Ertz could go to a team like Seattle or any team that has a hole at tight end. Now, uh, Carolina would be another good fit, and he could do well with no competition breathing down his neck. I'm not saying he's going to go up for another 1,000 yards again, but to say that he couldn't do 600 to 800 yards with like five to eight touchdowns, I don't think is in the realm of unreasonable when you've seen guys like Ebron, and Martellus Bennett and Greg Olson go to other teams and just explode. I originally hated that take, but you backed it up well. And I think <laughs> if he if he um goes to like a team such as like the Cowboys with a with an established quarterback mm-hmm. and a whole Bro, tight end, Buffalo, then yes, come I on, like. man! I kept moving to the side to show Josh Allen. <laughs> we <laughs> no, I like a uh, Dallas makes sense. I don't know. Um... I don't know the situation right there with uh, what's his name is coming back healthy this season. Uh, Blake Jarwin. Yeah. So, and I know he was, I don't know. I could also see, I mean, there's a bunch of teams that could utilize him and I don't think he'd ask for a lot of money. Right. I think he probably just wants to go and win a ring. So that's the one thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I also said the same thing about JJ and he got paid $15 million. (laughs) So I don't, I don't know if I'm really to be trusted on this matter, but if I'm Zach Ertz, I want to win another ring. Um, And I think, I think there's a lot of homes, you know, where it would be a cool spot. So I, you know, Hunter Henry, who we, I talk about later, uh, is looked to be moving, right? Like he's moving on, like he might go to Jacksonville or something like that. Ertz to the Chargers. Now that would be a fun landing spot as like a cheap deal for Justin Herbert. Yeah. And it's not like Hunter Henry's anything to write home about, man. Jesus. It feels really nice to throw out some hot takes and get the love guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they're not all bad today. Derek, who you got next? All right. Well, Robert Tanyan, he was Mm -hmm. fantasy tight end four in 1.5 tight end premium last year. And he has never played over 75% of offensive snaps in any game in his life or any NFL game in his life. And Green Bay, um, what are you thinking? Like outside of Devontae Adams, your receivers are buns. And outside of Tanyan, your tight ends are even more buns. So I don't know why that man is not on the field at least 90, 90% of the time. When Tanyan gets utilized, he's an absolute force. There were seven games where Tanyan was uh, targeted five or more times this year. 
and he averaged 17.8 points in those games. Then Fantasy Pros, their dynasty rankings has they were updated today, and they have Tanyan as the tight end 14. Yeah, it's so he it's, is. It's, wait, it's, yeah. what? It's crazy. yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's cheap as hell, and he is the best value at the tight end position right now. It's crazy to think that even after there was a whole debate that he should have gone to the Pro Bowl over Evan Ingram, and that he should have been. You know, recognize a whole debate. They're still still ranking Evan Ingram over Robert Tanyan. It's like, Uh, it's it's like, it's like once once we start shitting on players, you'll hear my take on Evan Ingram. Oh, yeah. I think we already hinted at who we don't like at tight end. So (laughs) let's just let's keep it on Robert Tanya. You want to know why I love Robert Tanya? Besides the fact that he's a cool story, he's George Kittle's best friend, right? So that's that's what you should know. That's the important thing, and that should be his ceiling because they work out and they train together. So that's all you need to know. Buy him. You know what? I do have a question for you, Boz, though, and this is one that, like, I'm curious about. So Rodgers in the past has proven he can make the most out of anybody, kind of like a Brady situation where like Mm -hmm. he can kind of like sap the last of what they have with Alan Lazard expected to be healthy going into the season and Devin Funkes expected to be on that team next year. Do you, now I'm not saying Funkes is what he was in his like first and second year in Carolina, and I'm not saying Alan Lazard is like a bona fide wide receiver too, but do you think that if both of them are playing and Rodgers is now targeting more wide receivers than Adams, it could play into a more diminishing role for Tanyan, at least outside of the red zone? So I also think that they're going to draft a wide receiver. And so, yes, there's going to be more competition, but Tanyan was not utilized anyway. So there's no way his... um his usage is going down. If anything, it's going up because of his efficiency. I think that the Green Bay staff will see that and they're going to just play him a lot more. See, the- yeah, see this him. is the thing. I don't trust Green Bay in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. I do like Tonya, don't get me wrong, and I, I, I am buying into his price right now. But just like this is the same team that decided to kick a field goal while they were down seven points in, you know, in the playoffs against a team when they only had a minute left. This is the same team that decided to draft Jordan Love in the second round when they had a perfectly healthy Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Love in the first round. Sorry, first round. And they had a perfectly healthy Aaron Rodgers. This is the same team that hasn't drafted a wide receiver in years when they have needed one for years. So it's tough for me to trust them. My only thing with Tanyan is... Okay, so Devontae Adams, like, isn't necessarily, like, he's really good with his route running, but Lazard and Funkes are just big-bodied wide receivers. They're big-bodied guys. And so that could, and Tonian's main value came in the red zone. So if you have big-body prezes all running different routes in the in the end zone, I don't, and Funkes is like a, decent 50 50 guy and lazard was before he got injured was starting to look like a decent 50 50 guy too so i i I have my reservations however aaron Rodgers can pretty much make any player look good as we've established like brady so who knows yeah, I think I think it's all fair points for sure. I think Luke's a little negative today. It's kind of intense. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not nervous. I'm not feeling my best, so I guess I just want to take it the, on everybody else. Yeah. So uh, actually, so it's funny. Both my tight ends this week are literally on this list. I mean. Irv might have been on the list already, but Adam Trapman's only on this list because of the fact that, uh, you know, basically the Saints just cut every one of their tight ends except for him. They I mean, the cut path. Cook, did they? Yeah, they did. It's over. Yeah. The, uh, the oh, path, man. the path to stardom is wide open, and you have to understand this is a team that is about to get the maniac Jameis Winston as their quarterback. <laughs> like I like the amount of freaking the amount of yards that. 
that these wide receivers and tight ends are going to get. Like Jameis has a freaking cannon, and you saw the production. Godwin had his best year when Jameis was the quarterback. Mike Evans still produced a thousand yard season when when Jameis was the quarterback. Like this is a guy who can support multiple wide receiver ones as well as a tight end. And I think I think the sky's the limit in you know minimal use last year. He still flashed, and I think right now the Saints don't obviously have any money at all to sign anybody and they have a lot of other holes that they're gonna to have to worry about on uh during the draft i think i think it has to be trapman i mean more like it's just it's 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 a wrap all right well look i'm gonna be negative nelly just one more time oh my gosh <laughs> the, the thing about the saints that people aren't realizing is one drew Brees hasn't committed to not coming back so we actually don't know who will be throw, slinging the rock. And then that leads to number two. Winston was only signed for a year. They're going to have to bring him back. And who did they pay last free agency? It was a ridiculous amount of money. Gadget, Taysom Hill, the Mormon. So there's no commitment to Winston. And if anything, they're more committed to Taysom Hill because of the large cap space he's taking out. And if it's not Winston and it's Breeze or... The Mormon, Trotman might have to wait another year to develop, which sucks because I think if he got the chance, he could explode just like you think. So I'm going to disagree for a different reason. Um, I think Adam Trotman... You just Trotman, don't like white tight ends. Just yeah, I'm, I mean, basically because he ran a 4.840. He's not athletic. He is a blocking tight end. He, he has good hands. Like He's a good receiver, mm-hmm. but athleticism is everything for tight end. You want a tight end that uh, mimics wide receiver for fantasy purposes. And I just don't think Adam Troutman is there. I have a lot of Adam Troutman shares and right now I'm selling them because his price right now is not worth getting a four, eight tight end. But what you're not Mm. thinking of is Drew Brees is a check down King. You see that crown above my head? Drew Brees is a check down king. Okay. Yeah, but that's what he's got Camara for. I'm only, I, I mean, I'm not buying more shares of the guy, but I do like him for next season. And I think Jameis is the quarterback for next year. I, I don't think there's any way. I really hope so. But kind of with how thin a lot of teams are at QB, Winston could just go like sling his schlong all over the place and be like, all right, who's going to pay me? Who's going to pay me? And with Chicago, not Chicago and Washington, both don't know who they're going to take or who's going to be their quarterback. You might see Winston get a nice lucrative deal because those teams are screwed. You know what also the Saints might do? I have a, I have a feeling they're going to go uh, Kyle Trask at the end of the first. So at that point, if they do, sell all your uh, Saints receivers. Just yes, sell sell, all, <laughs> sell everybody in New Orleans. If, just if just you, light the whole team on fire. If you still own Michael Thomas, sell him now, please. Sell Michael Thomas now. He's not going to be what he was a season ago. He's See, washed. I don't, I don't, I don't like, I'm different on this opinion too. I think by Michael Thomas right now, if Jameis is their quarterback next season, he's going to have like 1600 yards. I'm, I'm going to play into what Boz kind of said. I'm not saying he's not athletic, but with the other wide receivers in the league, he's just big and knows how to use his feet. Like that's pretty much what it is with Thomas. He's not very like, I'm not seeing Thomas like, bend his back like 180 degrees to catch a ball, you know, cause like, he's not that guy. He's just like slant. I'm so big. What you going to do? You know, he should be a tight end in all honesty. If he was a tight end, can't guard Mike might be one of the best tight ends of the league, but he'd have to bulk up pretty substantially. You know, I'm not going to agree with you guys on this. I think the time to buy into that offense is probably now, uh, barring Kyle Trask, I guess, going there. Uh, but if if my prediction is right and uh, the Jameis the Gunslinger does go there, I mean, you guys are going to be freaking dead wrong, and I'm going to be laughing. Like, Look, well, I think – that kind of wraps it up for being positive. I obviously, as you could tell, I was super positive boy through this segment, but when we come back, my alter ego negator is going to come out. And if you thought this was bad, you're going to want to stick around.
All right, and welcome back to the Super Positive, Positive Football Podcast, Positive Stuff. Uh, And we are now diving into not-so-positive stuff. We're talking tight ends we hate. If you're smart, you're going to listen to us. Boz, why don't you get us started? Because you already kind of teased us with your uh, Evan Ingram uh, assessment. Yeah, so I'm included when I say that a whole bunch of people last year thought that once Evan Ingram just finally stayed healthy for a season. He would be a great tight end. Well, this year, he not only played in every game, but he was healthy in every game, and he was ass. He finished, <laughs> finished the season as tight end 16, and I know that he was playing with Danny Dimes in a sophomore slump, and I use QB play as an excuse for Fant, but Fant is on the Broncos, who are filled with weapons, and Engram is on the Giants, whose receiver rooms is just starting to look like the Pats. Evan Ingram was targeted 109 times last year and finished as tight end 16. Robert Tanyan was targeted 59 times last year and was tight end four. Fantasy Pros has this fragile bastard at tight end 12. Well, they have Tanyan at tight end 14. Get the fuck out with that. That is bullshit. If you still play any sort of fantasy sports and you refer to fantasy pros for your rankings you're probably not it chief yeah i mean holy shit i didn't even know about the targets oh god that's that's rough 106 like I mean, you can't chalk that all up to bad quarterback play and i'll be the first one to say i'm not a danny dimes fan at well, all can you have a sophomore that... slump if you were slumping in your rookie season too oh no he, he's another one of those guys that flashed against those bad teams Danny yeah, Dimes I, had some crazy games against bad teams. I just don't think he's the answer. I think the Giants have a lot of problems. And it's actually a shame because I actually like Judge as a head coach. So I think they finally got that figured out right. So, which is obviously a good sign. Um, but I think they're going to have to move on from Danny Dimes. I think they're going to have to eventually sell Barkley uh, and probably all their good assets and uh, really uh, – rebuild again almost because i don't know if they really committed the first time and try to get even more picks and really um they should try, they should they should have a lot of picks in this draft because this is the draft to go after a quarterback and i just i don't think danny dimes is it which obviously hurts evan ingram's value but oh man i don't know how you can rank him ahead of tonya look if there's one thing i'll say about david gettleman is he gets it like he is one of the smartest gms this league has seen in the last 10 years what I will say about Gettleman, though, is he also gets distracted by Pro Bowl appearances. And the fact that Evan Ingram bamboozled everybody into, his, into a Pro Bowl nod will keep him on this roster for another season. If they had done it properly and Tonian had made it over him, I actually don't think Evan Ingram would be on this team, and I think he'd be a cap casualty. But because he did, I think the Giants are going to be compelled to keep him and not search for a replacement. And I think that's going to be their downfall. Um, Right here, I, I honestly think that Evan Ingram could have had the least efficient fantasy season for any tight end of all time. 109 targets and yeah. finishing as tight end 16 is unheard of. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, where does he rank on targets for tight ends last year? He's probably top five, right? I, know I think he was but... number three or yeah. two. Okay, yeah, that's absurd. You have no business finishing that low. Like, there's like, and you know, it's just, it's an interesting situation right now with uh, the Giants in general and that whole roster. And I just, I think right now people are going to be shocked by what, how many players get cut next week. And I wouldn't be shocked if Evan Ingram is part of that. Uh, I understand, uh, dude, you don't know We're like, I was re- I've read multiple articles that NFL executives say the bloodbath is coming because nobody's going to have any cap space. Maybe, maybe. So if we're talking cap space, I am going to segue because I think this guy could also potentially be a cap casualty. And that's Austin Hooper. And mm-hmm. I actually don't necessarily think it's his fault. He battled injuries And he also had 30 less targets than he had the previous two seasons with Atlanta, only getting 46 compared to 75 and 71 the years prior when he had two of his best career years. The thing is, is why I think he could be gone and why I think his value is not worth it is because they have David Njoku, who if they commit to and could probably sign cheaper, will stay 
And then they also have it's Bryant, right? Who is their tight end mm-hmm. three? Bryant also showed potential, and they're paying Austin Hooper a ridiculous amount of money, unheard of money right now for like a tight end who put up 435 yards and four touchdowns. He literally had a comparable season to Eric Ebron, who had a down year with the Steelers. And they're paying him a lot more than what the Steelers are paying Ebron. I don't actually like Hooper. I think why he succeeded in Atlanta was because Atlanta is a pass volume team because they've always kind of had those pieces. And it showed with how Hayden Hurst turned into a top 10 fantasy tight end out of nowhere. And I think Cooper's just like slowly going to fizzle out of the league. Yeah. Um, I think with the usage that they're, the way they're using Austin Hooper, there's no reason for him to be even on that team. Harrison Bryant would be able to do the exact same thing. And he is not getting paid millions and millions of dollars. So they're just, I think he would, be one of my favorites to get cut this offseason yeah i i i also you know i like him getting cut this offseason too i've said it before i think harrison bryant is the guy to own in cleveland and i've bought into him this offseason and i plan on continuing to do so as long as hooper is on that team because i know he'll be a lot cheaper um I'd like to see Hooper go somewhere else because I don't think he's a bad player. Uh, if a team can get him cheap, I think he could be a good 500, 600 yards, uh, uh, you know, receiving threat. But again, I don't think his value will ever reach what it was in Atlanta ever again for the rest of his career. No, no. And and that's just the sad reality of what it's mm-hmm. like to play in that Atlanta system. I think there's a lot of players, excluding Julio, who – left that system and just never kind of flourished. Like another, another example would be Muhammad Sanu. Another example would be, um, honestly, that's what I can think. Oh, Devonte Freeman. Like, mm. there we go. There we go. Luke point one for Luke. But anyways, mm. like it's, it, I think Atlanta produces talent because of, and I, and I, you're going to hate me for saying this, but Matt Ryan is a good quarterback, a really good quarterback. And he makes his players good. It's just the play calling that makes it look bad. Yeah, I don't hate you for saying that. I think Matt Ryan's a good quarterback. I think he's really good. I think he's been consistently, what, top 10 in, uh, for quarterbacks for the last few seasons for fantasy. I like since, him in redraft. Since, since their Super Bowl run, he's been top 10. Yeah, I mean, I like him in redraft, but I would never draft him in dynasty. No way in hell, especially when I think Atlanta's taking a quarterback this year. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Boz, who, or no, Boz already went. Kyle, yeah. who do you got? Yeah, so I'm going to talk about, I guess I'll, I guess I'll talk um, Hunter Henry first just because I did uh, bring him up earlier and I mentioned how I'm not really a fan of him. Uh, he had a decent season, 613 yards and four touchdowns, and uh, that's kind of been the norm for Henry. Um, I think you kind of know what you're getting, uh, but, you know, borderline tight end too. Uh, you know, he's a decent player, but I just think – He's moving on from the Chargers, most likely, in my opinion. And if he goes to a place, I don't know. It all depends on landing spot more than anything else. I just don't like his, his – um, I don't like his price, and I never really have. And this is somebody who bought into him heavily in his rookie season and has yeah. been burned pretty badly since then. And I think it comes down to kind of – literally, not to reuse an argument that Derek had before, just the way he plays. He's not a very athletic tight end, in my opinion. He's just a big – he can get you a few touchdowns, but he's not going to – he can't run routes like wide receivers. He can be good for 15 to 20 yards and, you know, score you some touchdowns. But if he didn't produce a great season with Justin Herbert at the helm, I don't think anybody's going to produce one with him. You know what it is with Hunter Henry, and I hate to say it. It's been, I think money has kind of been clouding his on-field production. Why he was franchise tagged this year and he was looking for a huge payday. And he knows he's not going to get it with the Chargers. I will put money on it. There are a lot of cap, like, light teams. I think the Colts have a light cap this year, don't they? They have a lot of cap space. Or the Brown. Who? I think it's the Colts. I think I'm thinking Colts. They have a lot of cap space. Colts have a lot of money. And I think they could easily shell out that money to Hunter Henry. Right? But I just don't think he ever fit that Chargers system. I just, it was never for him. And a lot of the times what you see is these guys who post historic numbers in college and are considered one of the best at their position to ever do it in college 
never fully pan out when they hit the NFL. Yeah, I don't have a strong opinion on Hunter Henry. I think, like you said, you know what you're getting with him. He's mm-hmm. going to be a solid tight end. Wherever he ends up, he's going to be a guy that you can plug in on bye weeks. And if you, if you are starting him, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah, wow. and you know what? I think if you're in a two tight end league, he's a great tight end too, right? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or a two tight end premium league, because I do have a few of those and they're they're brutal, right? Like And like the, like... He's a great tight end two to have, right? He could get you probably 10 points consistently, but he's never going to have a Kelsey, a Waller, like, and Waller's disgusting. I wish we talked about him today because he's just absurd. <laughs> well, Kyle, I'll ask you this question because you've hinted at it a couple of times and I've been there to witness it a lot. What would you say your worst hot take on a player was? A player you really thought was going to explode and then just fizzled. All right, yeah, I was high on Hunter Henry. That's why you're bringing this up right now. I was mm-hmm. all over him after his rookie season, and that <laughs> burned me badly. I'm going to say Corey Davis is still my worst pain because I drafted him in, like, top three picks in multiple leagues and just went all in on him, and I thought he was the second coming of Jesus Christ. And I really – I I was like, oh, he's going to, you know, flank up with Marcus Mariota, who's a good quarterback, <laughs> like, and I, they're going to have a field day. Turns out Mariota is trash. I mean, maybe passable at best. And Corey Davis actually, oddly enough, had a decent year this year, but never reached that potential he should have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'd agree with that take. I mean, if, if we're going there, I this year I had uh, from my zero RB teams, I my takes did not pan out because I thought Matt Breida and oh. James White would be top 24 oh. backs and they both sucked. <laughs> what, about, uh, what, what about you then for your both of you? Who, who you're well, so that burned you? I would probably say for me, that's a tough one because like most of the guys I get really high on are like late rounder guys who like really won't impact my, the shape of my team too much. But if I had to say off the top of my head, Oh my God. I'm, I would probably say Ty- Terrell Williams. I think Terrell Williams was really probably one of my worst takes ever. I really liked Terrell Williams after that one, after he left the chargers and went to Oakland, I really thought he was going to do something and he kind of did, but never really did. And like, I bought him everywhere. And I think in one league, I traded an early second for him after his big year with the Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely did do that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, at least it's not a game breaking one. What about you, Derek? Um, so this past, this past draft, I was willing to die on the hill that Brandon Ayuk would suck. And Brandon Ayuk is now one of the best red zone wide receivers in the league. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to change what I said about Terrell Williams and I'm going to make it Justin Herbert. I I know yes. Kyle. That's I knew uh, he, I was yeah. about to say that's who you should be saying right now cuz you fucking said Justin <laughs> Herbert was going to be the worst thing that ever came out of existence like Yeah, okay. I'll I'll backtrack. I I think Justin Herbert I really hated. And then in one league after his first game, I traded Julio and Raheem Mostert for him and then I fell in love with them afterwards. So, okay, I apologize Justin Herbert. And then honestly, Close second, I'm pushing that Terrell Williams take third. Close second would have been Mike Williams. On this podcast in the summer, I was quoted as saying Mike Williams will take the next step and will be a guy you can build your fantasy team around. (laughs) And boy, was I wrong. Holy crap. Yeah, he's trash. I like Ayuk, though. We haven't talked about him at all in the pod. He's got a bright future. He does. He does. But we don't. We, we're, t- we're tight ends, exclusively tight ends today. I know. I know. We got a little distracted, but I just want to say, like, Ayuk I, is going to be really good for the next few seasons there. Just Insanely so you know. good. And De- <laughs> him and Debo and Kittle. Oh, my. Oh, my yeah. God. All right, Derek. So who do you got as your next tight end that you're fading? Who are you fading? Okay. So that's that's how I'd put it. I'm fading him. I don't hate Mark Andrews. He's just the guy that I'm never going to touch at his price. Uh, Mark Andrews, he's a great player. He's a top five tight end in this league skill-wise. But he's stuck on a Ravens offense that is getting figured out more and more every game. And mm-hmm. you guys uh, know how we all feel about Lamar Jackson. Andrews 
he's already been his top target for two years and he has produced however what that means is as lamar declines andrews will decline and his price right now is tight end four and some even take him before waller which i don't get at all but he's already hit his fantasy peak in my opinion so there's no reason for me to touch him because he's just gonna decline from here why are you teasing me Derek? Why are you teasing me? You just had to bring up the Ravens. You just had to bring up the Ravens. And I'm about to... I actually disagree with the Mark Andrews take. But it's because I hate Lamar Jackson. Here's why. The Ravens have been quoted as saying that they are not targeting a top wide receiver in free agency or in the draft. I know Kyle's very upset about that. So, what does that mean? Hollywood Brown ain't it, Chief. But who is Mark Andrews? What does Lamar Jackson do really well other than play running back? Check down. There you have it. Mark Andrews will stay productive and will still be worth his price point right now because they are not putting in the attention they need to be at wide receiver or at getting a new quarterback. Um, see, I'm kind of neutral here, right? But I kind of, I guess I probably am leaning more towards Boz's camp. Like, I'm not buying Mark Andrews anymore. I have a lot of Mark Andrews shares already. I'm not necessarily selling them yet because I think he'll have a good season this year. I might sell him next season, though. And it might be the end of it for me because I... I think the the Ravens are going to have to blow up that offense at some point. They're going to have to fire Greg Roman at some point. I've said it multiple times on this podcast. They have to fire Greg Roman if they want Lamar Jackson to move on. And I mean, I just think it's the the fact that they're really not going to go after a wide receiver this offseason, I think is incredibly foolish. But I mean, I know they'll go after some cheap ones. Maybe Curtis Samuel is a good fit there as a gadget player, but that will probably ruin his value. But, you know, just off the top of my head. But I, I like Andrews, but I'm not buying him. See, it's so I got I'm gonna you go first. You go first. <laughs> this is something I've been dying to say for a while, and I have not had the opportunity to say it yet. What's the one thing that every single wide receiver on that Baltimore Ravens line or in that room has in common? Besides maybe Devin Duvernay, they're all small, speedy wide receivers. If they sign which i think they will curtis samuel and they take another small speedy wide receiver mark andrew's stock goes even higher than what it is now because they don't have any 50 50 guys and mark andrews can be that 50 50 guy and if you don't have any big bodied wide receivers to throw to but you got big old schlong mark just like running down the field i think is i think honestly this is the season Quote me on this. Mark Andrews hits a thousand yards receiving this season. You think uh, Lamar Jackson is going to decline, correct? Yes. However, however, most of his targets already were going to Mark Andrews. Which is why if he declines, then Mark Andrews will decline. And I'm just not willing. So the only reason I will buy a player who has already peaked in fantasy is if their price is insanely good. And Mark Andrews, is he doesn't have a great price right now. And he has already peaked. But Lamar, all he does is check down. That 36 touchdown season two years ago or a year ago was based off of check downs. So if, he can, if they just realize with Lamar that he's a check down quarterback and to stop and to not really put a lot of effort into – having vertical pass sets mark andrews stock goes up in tight end premium leagues because he will be getting ball after ball after ball after ball because lamar jackson either can't see past 10 yards or can't throw past 10 yards Eh, i mean you know my argument isn't wrong if they neither is mine who is there? Who are, who I are think there? maybe this might just be one of those situations that's like a stalemate. Like, first off, we all dislike Lamar Jackson. Yes. We all know that for sure. We're all on the same page as that. Now, Derek doesn't really like Andrews. Luke really loves Andrews, and I'm mm-hmm. in the middle. So I think we just have to leave it like that and move on to the next tight end because we're not going to convince anybody else otherwise. All right, well, <laughs> I'll go then. Um, I know I, I know Derek agrees with me on this take. I actually don't know how Kyle feels. But oh God. I'm not buying Dallas Goddard. 
for a lot of reasons. But the primary one is this. The Eagles have so many holes to fill. But for some reason, a guy who keeps showing up on mock drafts in that sixth pick is Kyle Pitts. Why would they take Kyle Pitts if they felt reassured with having Goddard over Ertz? Answer is, they don't. Dallas Goddard is decent at best, especially when it comes to fantasy. I'll put it in perspective. This season, he only was able to play in 11 games. 46 receptions, 524 yards, and three touchdowns. That's not terrible. However, and this is where I say however, he's an old prospect. He's not young. He's, and and this isn't an earth situation where he's going into a different system. He's staying, and he's 26. He's going to be 27 in the middle of the season. In every single season since he entered the league in 2018, he has missed more time every season. In 2018, he played in 16 games. In 2019, he played in 15. And in 2020, he played in 11th. If that's anything to show, he has consistency issues with staying healthy. And if they really do go after Pitts, it puts, it puts Goddard's safety into question. Especially on a team with like probably the worst positional groups at every single position. Yeah, their O-line is what's going to improve next year because they're getting everyone back, and that's going to benefit their run game. Mm -hmm. And Jalen Hurts is going to hurt the passing game. Oh, like, funny. Not, not comparatively to last year because they, they had no offense whatsoever. But I don't think it's going to be a big improvement from last year, the passing game. I think the running game will be a big improvement. But Yeah, I'm not really buying it to Goddard. I would probably uh, stay in that same side as you guys with this one. And I, I haven't really ever bought into him in general. He's not really a player I ever bought into. I didn't like the idea that he was always tight end too. And then I always had to like basically wait for a Zach Ertz injury or a random big game. Cause that, that's just not consistency. I like on for fantasy at all. Mm -hmm. So I don't really have a lot of shares of him and I'm not buying any. I don't think they're going to take pits at six. I think they're going to take Jamar chase. That's my updated draft profile. Um, or, <laughs> you know, just to give you a preview of what I think is going to happen in the draft. Cause we will be talking about that soon. So uh, I think, and if Jamar isn't there, then some sort of wide receiver uh, and maybe they give her, Ertz, I mean, uh, not Ertz, um, Jalen. Maybe they give Jalen a year uh, to try his best with this roster. Or they pull a real Philly move and take a quarterback. So who knows? <laughs> Look, it's not that, like, I don't have a lot of reason to dislike Goddard's mm. stats. They're not terrible stats. But I think there's so much going on in Philly that as long as he's on that team, he's not going to really be exceptional. And at the price point people are kind of holding him at, I'm not buying into it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Any Anybody want to say anything else before I move on? I mean, <laughs> really, I the way like I play fantasy is I – with the tight end position, especially, there's I do not fluctuate from my takes whatsoever. Yep. My team's literally, it's either one of the top two guys. It's either Kelsey, Kittle, and then 80% of my teams have Waller. Um, and if if it, they don't have him, then I'm trying to buy Noah Fant right now. And that's yeah. basically what all my teams are. I have about... 20 something Noah Fant shares like no joke like because I literally across the board I'm exactly like you my tight ends are my tight ends and that's it I don't touch other ones and uh it actually brings me to a perfect pers uh, point next the I say wait one... wait really quick really quick perfect point. say no homo say no homo <laughs> no no homo there you go <laughs> uh it actually brings me uh it's a good transition because I'm talking back to back guys who in my opinion you kind of know what you're going to get and I don't like either of them uh and that's Johnu Smith. I think I have one share of Smith and actually uh, Luke traded it to me, but I got Aaron Rodgers out of that deal. That was the win. I didn't really care about Johnu. Um, and the big thing about Johnu is 
I think he's going to stay in Tennessee. That's my personal take. I know there's potential. He does go somewhere else, which would benefit him, obviously. But I think he stays in Tennessee. And if he stays in Tennessee, I've said it on the show before, and I think everybody would agree. A.J. Brown is the only wide receiver in Tennessee that I want to own, or the, you know, the only wide receiver tight end. It doesn't matter what it is. The only pass catcher I want to own in Tennessee is A.J. Brown because I think as long as uh, Derrick Henry's there, they are going to be run heavy and run focused. And that's how that team operates. And I don't see that changing. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, no complaints. Janu started out extremely hot and then cooled down almost immediately after AJ Brown consistently started getting targets. Yep. And I think that goes to show he has potential but because teams aren't going to be shelling out big money, there is a really good chance he re-signs in Tennessee on like a one or two year bridge deal. It's super cheap. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like, his name's Johnu too. Hell? <laughs> also, Anthony Ferkser is just as good as Johnny Smith. Yeah. I like Anthony too. I actually have a few shares of him, which is funny because I, by my logic, I shouldn't have any, but I just, I don't know. He's somebody I've I found myself owning just because he was so dirt cheap. And, yeah, you know, who he's knows? Free. Yeah, exactly. And who knows if he gets a job on it, like, you know, I could just get rid of him. Cause again, I, in my opinion, if you have Tennessee Titans players, uh, dump them all outside of AJ Brown. And uh, if you want to keep Tannehill too and you have that stack going, I think that's okay. But Henry's sell time too. I saw a bunch of everybody is on that team except for AJ Brown. Everybody sell time except for AJ Brown. Sorry, Boz. Continue. I've seen a bunch of mock drafts have Pat Fryermuth going to Tennessee, and that would be just awful. You you like that? They have. I I actually already have two solid titles. Let me explain why I like this. Hold on. So, Johnu Smith, we have established, is not it. However, there is a blatant hole at receiver on that team that needs to be filled because i if the tennessee titans are a smart organization which i'm starting to bet that they are they realize Corey davis is not it and they need to bring in somebody who will like help out in the receiving option and john new's not a terrible blocking tight end and with how much they run the ball they should be doing a lot more play action and rpos in double tight end sets. So I actually like Pat Fryermuth to the Titans because Janu will be blocking more than he probably will be. So my, my thing with that would be, then why wouldn't they go Brevin Jordan a little later? Because Pat Fryermuth is more of an all-around tight end and he's like a good blocker as well. Brevin Jordan is more of the guy that you can split out wide and he can play because any when position. Because when you run a two tight end split, you need to have two tight ends very capable of blocking. And, but they have Ferkser. But he's not it. He's not it. He's cheap in Dynasty, but he's not it. If he was it, he would have done more. He would have flashed more. You know, like you would have actually caught attention to him like you did with Bryant in Cleveland. That's my point, right? They, they need to start moving to a more PARPO style offense if they're going to continue to feed Henry the ball and it doesn't make sense to have Jordan to draft Jordan because he doesn't block as well as Pat does and Pat and Janu will complement each other very well especially because I don't want to I don't know if I if it's necessary, I don't trust Tannehill's deep arm but at the same time I believe that if you're going to like, and it showed with the Patriots, the Patriots did it perfectly when they went to the Super Bowl with it. Um, when they went to the Super Bowl with Martellus Bryant and Gronk, those are two tight ends who are all around good players. They can blow both block, but they are both great receivers. And that's, and let's remember Mike Vrabel is a disciple of Belichick. So if anybody's going to be able to do it well, it's going to be him. I think I think you're both stupid, bro. Tennessee is going all line. Are you are you retarded? They're no, gonna invest. No. They're gonna invest all seven of their picks into they their ha- Taylor, line. They have to. Taylor no. Lewan is coming back. No, Taylor not Luan offensive line. Have, have oh, you ever seen Tennessee's oh. edge rush? Did, did they have a pass rush last year? Well, I'm pretty sure put, they had I, ten sacks. I bet that they can get a healthy clowny back for cheap. 
Oh no! Fuck which that. which would fix? They need on good paper defensive players. It, but but you can get Pat in the second or third round, most likely. He's not it's going gonna ha- first, and so I think can, he's going high second. Well, okay, but that's fine because yeah. then you take your edge rusher in the first if you're the Titans, and then you trade up and you get Pat if he goes high second. And if he starts to slip, you can grab him at your original pick. It's a win-win for the Titans organization. They are the only team that have replicated the Patriots' um, setup to success. Brian Flores took a different approach with it. It's very obvious. He realized he had different QBs than what the Patriots have. And so he rolled with what he had. However, Mike Vrabel is very, very smart. He realizes what he has, and he's been running a sort of like Patriots offense, but just with more running to hide Tannehill's like lackluster qualities. That's an interesting take. I do think I like Tannehill, but I do think he does have some lackluster qualities that Vrabel does hide. So they better hope that if Henry gets too old, um, whether they move on or get another good running back because they need to keep that scheme going. I think I'm like four for four on hot takes this episode. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the first time for everything. First time for everything. All right. Well, that will do it for us today. Thank you boys for coming on and joining me. Uh, if you don't already, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Dynasty Kings Pod and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Dynasty Kings, so you can watch all of our pretty mugs instead of just listening to our pretty voices. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>